0: Good morning. Good morning. And welcome to the original Loretta Brown show radio to open the heart, heal the soul and awaken the consciousness. We are, we are at the last day. I believe it's the last day of September. I can't hardly even believe I'm saying that. Yeah. October is like right around the corner, like tomorrow. And, um, you know, it's kind of funny. I've been talking to a lot of my clients about uh, time. And time seems like it's, <laughs> I don't know if it's changed, or it's just not what we think it is or something. Um, but yeah, I i somehow through all of this last year and a half, the last two years with everything going on, um, I've done a lot of zoom calls, I've been uh, at home a lot. And it's weird how you kind of lose track of time, or you can't quite track it, like you used to do. So My understanding is that as we are going through Ascension, we're going from 3D through 4D through 5D, which is a big, long conversation, that time is shifting or our perception of time is shifting. So kind of be aware of that. Sometimes it seems like it's moving fast and sometimes it's moving slow. But anyway, I hope you're having a good morning. I hope you're on time today with everything that you have to do and that you're going to uh, be ready to enjoy the day. Anyway, I am uh, Loretta Brown, and I am the owner of Reiki Oasis, located right here in the greater Seattle area for the last 26 to 27 years. And uh, you know, it's kind of funny because I had somebody ask me yesterday, they said, Loretta, what do you do? And I guess the answer is that I do a lot of things i started out with reiki oasis by doing uh, energy medicine called reiki many of you know about reiki many of you do it but (laughs) 30 years ago when i got into it not very many people were doing reiki and of course the reiki community worldwide has grown if you want to be a part of that community i actually am teaching uh, reiki between now and the end of the year i was inspired to offer reiki one Reiki 2 and master level Reiki for those people who would love to become certified as a Reiki practitioner before the end of the year, because many people are thinking about changing their careers and doing all kinds of other things. So for those of you interested in learning Reiki, Reiki 1 will be Saturday, October 9th. Reiki 2 will be Saturday, November 13th and reiki master will be saturday december 11th and if you notice that will be the second saturday of october november and december and uh you will get your certification from reiki oasis uh, to become a reiki practitioner so if you want to join me you have to go to schedule.reikioasis.com and sign up my classes are very small right now and We will be meeting in person um, following the guidelines for safety and all of that. Um, But yeah, so um, yeah, and so we'll just do that and uh, no problem at all. I look forward to anybody that would like to find out more information about the Reiki classes. Um, You can also email me, Loretta Brown, at ReikiOasis at gmail.com if you have questions about things. And of course, you can always call my office. And the office phone is 425-985-9513 and leave messages there. Please be patient, by the way, whether you email me or you um, call me. (laughs) I always apologize to people. I have a very busy schedule. And um, just so you all know, I quite often am booked out uh, uh, several months ahead of time. It can take a while to get in. And I don't know, (laughs) someone told me one time that that must mean you're good, Loretta. (laughs) So uh, that that could be true. Uh, I always believe that uh, higher guidance brings people together. That synchronicity is from the divine. And if you're feeling an impulse to find out more about me, you can, like I say, go to reikioasis.com and check it out. So in addition to Reiki, um, I am a um, registered mental health counselor for the state of Washington. I also am a a certified clinical hypnotherapist and I specialize in past life regression work as well as, um, I'm gonna say, helping you have a more positive mindset and those things like that. And then I'm a, I'm a channel. I am a, a uh, intuitive is the way that we say it, call it a psychic if you want, basically a prophet. So I kind of look toward the future. I have a lot of insight into um, timelines and parallel timelines and, and what to do to really bring about the life that you would love to live. And boy, don't we all want to do that. So uh, check it out. Find out. I'm a spiritual uh, uh, advisor, I might say. Uh, I'm a girl that you can come to and get a lot of TLC compassion. Uh, I do a lot of indefinable work from the um, higher realms. And, um, uh, you know, basically, I just want to help people. I've always just wanted to help people that's really all there is to it. So uh, help us put a smile on our face, especially in our challenging times. So I do have a couple of things coming up every Sunday at 11 AM Pacific standard time. I do a meditation. If you cannot join me at 11 AM on Sundays, sign up and um, I will send you a recording. I also have the end of the year despacho, the end of the year prayer bundles coming up one time only. Tuesday, December 28th, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. It will be via Zoom. And you can find out more about that at schedule.reikioasis.com. And a big shout out to my patrons. Thank you so much. I am a listener-supported show. Patreon.com slash the Loretta Brown Show. Now I'm going to talk about astrology while we're bringing on my guest. October is a big, big month. September was just setting the stage. So we've got a lot of cosmic shifts and changes at the start of october we have six planets in retrograde six of them mercury uh, saturn uh, pluto uranus uh, neptune and the big daddy jupiter oh dear by the end of the month uh, we only have two in retrograde thank goodness but when many planets are retrograde at the same time we are encouraged to slow down In fact, we're kind of sometimes slammed up against the wall and going, stop, reflect, look back over the past before proceeding ahead, right? And as a planet shifts out of retrograde, we get a buildup of forward-moving energy. So uh, things are going to be feeling pretty intense as we do away with the past and fully step into the energies that are waiting for us. And as each of these planets uh, 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 station direct, as they all move the other way like i said it's sort of like think of it like a dam that's just opening its doorways one at a time and as each door opens whoosh that energy comes out right so just kind of be prepared for that we're also going to experience the annual conjunction of the sun and mars and mars will travel along with the sun for most of the month shining down its high energy influence Mars is considered the fearless warrior, and its energy can bring momentum, motivation, and the desire to act. The fearless warrior. And as Mars is the planet of energy, we may have to watch our level energy levels this month. We may find ourselves feeling burned out this month and overwhelmed if we push too hard or use this Marge, Mars energy, energy to do just a little too much. So Mars energy can sometimes trigger anger, restlessness, frustration. And so be sure to give yourself some healthy outlets if you fa- find yourself starting to feel this way. And remember what I said, it's sort of like with those planets backwards, we've got that those barriers right in front of us. And, Part of us is restless, it wants to move forward, but we cannot move forward until we address what is following us from the past, let that go. And of course we have to deal with burnout. On October 20th, we have an Aries full moon, a fiery full moon, and it's going to offer an intense stream of energy because it's gonna activate a T-square conjunction between the sun and Mars and the moon and the planet of death and rebirth, Pluto. So that'll set us up for Halloween, right? I was thinking of what Benny was doing earlier with the sound, right? So this is bound. Yeah, this is bound to be a highly transformative full moon and perhaps one that stirs a big wave of energy in our lives. It seems things are intensifying and perhaps reaching a breaking point of some kind many people say to me loretta something's coming and i go yeah it is it's here october appears to be a time where we're forced to take action step up and make changes and we're sometimes in great resistance of that so think of this energy like the universe giving you a little push it's just gonna say come on now i'm just gonna you've been sitting there for a while so i'm just gonna push you forward into something that has most likely needed your attention for some time. Um, one of my clients this week said, Loretta, I, I just procrastinate. I just procrastinate. I know I'm procrastinating about the things that I need to do, but I don't want to do them. I don't want to look at it. And I'm kind of like, you know, if you just take a deep breath and you exhale and you look something straight on, sometimes you can embrace that. You can bring that in and you find out that it wasn't such a terrible thing as you thought you are able to deal with it and october also ends with halloween associated with a pagan holiday samhain but you know you 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 make it fun keep it positive keep it on the up and up and this is a time where the veil between worlds is believed to be thin and we can access higher realms the pleiades constellation which is also synonymous with death and rebirth is also high in the sky at this time of year. So, uh, I'm basically saying October is here. <laughs> Change is here and take it easy. Take care of yourself. Do the things, you know, to do, drink a lot of water, get fresh air. I mean that fresh air, Nature is our great healer. And if you're in burnout, <laughs> which many of us are, You're definitely gonna wanna listen to my guest today. So I'm really excited to have um, Greg Hammer MD as my guest. With burnout on the rise, healthcare professionals are sacrificing their health, happiness, and relationships with family, as well as patients, and maybe even with themselves. The suicide rates are increased this year and it's time to solve this problem. And Dr. Hammer is a professor at Stanford University School of Medicine, pediatric intensive care physician, pediatric anesthesiologist, a mindfulness expert, and the author of a really great book called Gain Without Pain, (laughs) the happiness handbook for healthcare professionals in which he lays out a proven path toward personal resilience that only takes minutes a day. Thank you so much for being on my show, Dr. Greg Hammer. I'm going to Here's your beautiful book. Look at that with little tabbies, because I do that. Right.
1: (laughs) Nice to be with you, Loretta.
0: Very nice to be with you. Well, I got to tell you, burnout is such a big subject and it's 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 here. I mean, it's really, really here. Um, I was thinking about the fact that you know, when you wrote your book, I uh, we might have been in the pandemic already. I don't really know, but I've had a lot of conversations with my clients lately. I have a lot of people who are in the healthcare field, and uh, from doctors to nurses, and you know, various uh, sundry alternative therapies. Um, but they are talking a lot about burnout as well as the general public, right? Uh, Tell me a little bit about what led to writing this book.
1: First, I think uh, just so we are all on the same page as to what burnout is. Burnout is really a uh, constellation of signs and symptoms, if you will, related to chronic stress. Chronic stress does a lot of things to our bodies, it uh, has adverse effects on our, our heart and blood vessels. excuse me, on our immune system, on our hormone systems, uh, certainly on our sleep. And then there's a, what we would call a positive feedback or self-propagating loop, whereby chronic stress erodes our sleep. We're more fatigued, we're less likely to exercise. We tend to pick up sugary or fatty so-called comfort foods to get a little boost. Uh, we crash from that. It's uh, also not really healthy stuff generally. So our, uh, our exercise and our diet, as well as our sleep, are all undermined. And so this they all add actually to our stress level. Um, you know, I, I was talking to a friend yesterday who, uh, uh, his father was a very famous artist and he lives nearby me. And I'm a big fan of uh, Nathan Oliveira, who's the artist and uh, so I was at Joe's house and uh, we were looking at some of his dad's work and Joe's, I don't think he would mind me saying this but he's gained a few pounds and he's, you know, he said it's kind of <laughs> stressing him out he's actually got to buy new clothes because he's got appearances to make and so on and he said he's gained that 20 pounds and I said, why don't we just make it 19 and call it the COVID-19 which I think uh, is an expression that's gone around so a lot of uh-huh. people are... Yeah. You know, life is, I think my point is that life is chronically stressful on its own, even even under relatively stable times. Um, you know, it's we're all stressed because we resist what is. We resist our mortality. We resist our change in body and our weight over time as we age. We resist a lot of things. We resist basically the world when it doesn't conform to what we want. Yeah. And so you add to that a pandemic, and it's not surprising that a lot of people are burned out, and, and certainly that's true in medicine. I actually, um, in in response to the question you asked me before, I the book was published right after the pandemic started, but it was uh. written well before that, I mean months before that, so uh, it was kind of fortuitous, but... Um, the reason I got into writing the book, uh, kind of go back about six or seven years, Stanford, in response to the rising tide of burnout among physicians, formed uh, a group called WellMD. And I hopped on that. I've always been a wellness enthusiast, meditator, very much into physical fitness, into nutrition. Um, so I jumped on WellMD and then uh, – I was asked to give a talk on wellness and burnout uh, at a national meeting, and I did so. And then I got asked to give a bunch of other talks, and pretty soon I was doing that sort of internationally, kind of took a life of its own. And usually I talk about my research, but uh, have been asked to talk about this uh, wellness uh, much more. So I then had some sabbatical time, and uh, I sort of, as you listen to or, or look at the stars being in alignment, I sort of have these uh, imaginary arrows in life and when the arrows are pointing in the same direction, uh, maybe unbeknownst to me, the stars are in a certain alignment as well. <laughs> but when I, when I, I pay attention to those arrows and the arrows at that time, I, I had time to to do this and uh, things were kind of all going in that direction. So I just decided to write the book, which I did, uh, which was lots of fun. And now I'm on my third one.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that. I had this image of the archer just shooting the arrow at the stars. I love that. Um, I think your book is so timely. You know, um, I was also thinking when you were talking that yes, yeah, stress is a is a serious problem, and I think people overlook it because they all all go, "How are you doing? Oh, I'm so stressed out, right? You know, but I'm fine." and you you point out very clearly it actually does affect us it affects our health it affects our organs it affects the chemistry of our brain right you know it it floods our body with all kinds of things that aren't really the best in there and make it worse i i was also thinking when you were talking and you know this book is geared toward healthcare professionals but you and i both know that that this burnout this stress is as far as I'm concerned, it's straight across the board, and it's really escalated. Um, I'm also thinking, you know, it's a it's a tough subject, but suicide rate. I, I have to ask you this because I actually didn't think of it quite like this until you started talking. Is there an increased suicide rate with like um, physicians and nurses and healthcare workers? Because I know generally across the population that it's increased, and in, and in, in my capacity as a mental health counselor. Um, I feel like I've just spent the last two years working with depression and and talking people off the ledge, so to speak. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I I don't know if the rates of suicide among physicians and other healthcare professionals has increased. Uh, I mean, I sort of think it must have. I haven't seen any recent data. The fact is that even before the pandemic, there was more than, on average, one physician suicide per day. There was something upward of 400 per year. So it's a real problem. And, um, you know, I I think that physician suicide has a higher incidence than suicide in the general population. And burnout in uh, healthcare professionals has a higher prevalence than in the general population as well. It's all one phenomenon, I think. It's continuum. And I think of the same thing with chronic stress and and therefore burnout in general. Chronic stress, as I said, I think we resist what is, and therefore uh, we are stressed. And I, I think our brains have two properties that are kind of hardwired. And the first one, and that that impede our happiness. And the first one is we have a negativity bias. You know, we tend to remember negative things, and forget the positive things. Uh, And and that's a fairly well-known characteristic that we all share. And the other is that we have an obsession with the past and the future. We have a very hard time being (laughs) Mm -hmm. present, you know, and so, and I think I could come up with hypothetical evolutionary reasons or teleologic reasons why our brains would have developed that way. I think perhaps the the w- very wary uh, early man uh, may have had uh, an evolutionary advantage if, if they were always concerned that there might be a saber-toothed tiger lurking outside the mouth of their cave, you know, maybe that kept them safer and gave them uh, <laughs> more opportunity to procreate. And so that trait kind of became more prevalent in the population. Um, but I think, uh, you know, I think of our The way our brains work is it generates thoughts that are adaptive and maladaptive. And so with regard to our obsession with the past and the future, I think it's adaptive to dwell on the past to the extent that we identify our mistakes and we learn from them and we hopefully learn not to repeat them. Uh, Einstein said something famous about that. Um, the other thing, you know, it's, it's adaptive to uh, think about the future. Uh, we want to put bread on the table. It's, it's great to look forward to wonderful times with friends and family. But beyond that, our, our thought processes of the past and future are often maladaptive. And so we overthink them. We overthink the past. And because of our negativity bias, that generates shame and regret and self-criticism, self-judgment. And with regard to the future, we overthink the future as well. And that generates fear and anxiety because, uh, as Yogi Berra once said, the future is hard to predict. So we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know whether it will conform to what we want. And therefore, we're stressed about it. We, We get fearful, we get anxious. So because of those properties of the negativity bias and this obsession with the past and the future, we're, we're, we're always a bit stressed. You know, when we're resisting what is right now, we're stressed when we are resisting the fact that the world doesn't conform to our wants and needs perfectly. Well, we're stressed. So stress is ever present for most of us. And it's a continuum between, you know, how well can we adapt to it? And for people, and at times when we don't adapt to it well, the stress kind of crosses a threshold, and then we might call it burnout, where we get into this kind of self-propagating situation where we're fatigued from the chronic stress, physical and emotional fatigue from chronic stress is, is what burnout is. So we get... Stressed, and then we don't sleep well. Then we don't eat well. We fail to exercise. Our physical bodies get, you know, deteriorated. You put on weight. You don't feel well, and and it's all a self-propagating loop. And so this is sort of ever present. And then you you overlay something, you know, like a uh, you know financial crash or a pandemic. Certainly, um, none of us who are alive now, I think, have ever seen anything this terrible worldwide. Yeah. Uh, it's not. Hard to understand why we get shifted in the spectrum of chronic stress, uh, sort of rightward on the on the curve, if you will, and uh, you know we don't we, we fail to compensate, so we get a decompensated stress or burnout.
0: You know, I'm I'm I I love what you said. You you put that out there so well, and I'm, I was thinking when you were talking that, you know, there there's a list of stressors. Right. You know, like if you have this and you have that, like if you have death or you're moving or you're changing jobs or whatever this is. And the the stress that has been on people, I think, has been also amplified by isolation and separation. And um, somebody said to me the other day, they, they went, I just want to be hugged. Right. Yeah. And I do this through the computer here. right? <laughs> Actually that felt good. Yeah, I thank you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, touch and and looking at each other in the eye and having dinner with each other. you know, um, I sometimes think that a lot of what's come out of this is what I call the simple things of life and 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 made us more grateful, which is also something you really, really talk about. Um, I know that that opens up something I want to ask you about, like your your gain thing. But we're going to take a station break, and it's going to be like a cliffhanger for the listeners. So uh, you are going to want to come back because um, Dr. Greg Hammer has so much good things. His book, once again, Gain Without Pain, The Happiness Handbook, and I just am like, how do we get there dr hammer please help us there's
1: good news on that (laughs) thank
0: you all right so this is loretta brown uh my guest greg hammer md and we're going to take a little station break we'll be right back
1: energy is powerful it's all around us mysterious full of potential directing positive healing energy to raise your vibrational rate through reiki can change your life Reiki master Loretta Brown has relieved stress, sadness, anger, and even helped clients lose weight, stop smoking, and end sleep disorders. Worldwide, people have sought out Reiki Oasis. If you want help with your dis-ease, visit ReikiOasis.com. Harness life's energy. Visit ReikiOasis.com today. Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day.
0: <laughs> Welcome back to the original Loretta Brown Show with my guest, Greg Hammer, MD, author of Gain Without Pain, hmm. the happiness handbook for healthcare professionals. Uh, it, it, gain Without Pain. Uh, Dr. Hammer, really? How do we do that? <laughs> <laughs> Well,
1: it's, you know, it's there are a couple of different meanings associated with that. First of all, GAME is a cute little uh, acronym for what I think are the four pillars of spiritual happiness, which are gratitude, acceptance, intention, and non judgment. And also, uh, I think that we can move ahead and grow and find happiness without pain, because the process really is just kind of sinking into our heart. It's really the good news that I mentioned is that happiness is our true nature. And yes. all we have to do is sink into that true nature by accepting, being grateful for, being non-judgmental of, and on purpose, That which already is so it can be a rather effortless process and and that's the way it should happen unfortunately our happiness gets veiled apparently veiled by our thoughts and the other piece of good news is and i I said that our thoughts tend to be negative and they tend to go to the past and the future in ways that are excessive or maladaptive and the good news is Ready for it? We can actually rewire our brains. Our brains have this property called <laughs> neuroplasticity, and so by a gentle daily practice, yes, yeah, you are—you know—you're—you you're, uh, just realize your head's made of plastic.
0: <laughs> Come on, on! <What? laughs>
1: by just a, a, you know, uh, the way we learn is in small steps or baby steps frequently so if we can do this practice daily in as little as three minutes we will make painless strides toward our true nature which is ironic because it's not really we're not actually going anywhere we're already there all we have to do is unveil that which is our true
0: nature well wow, i love what you said um yeah, for the for those on the radio, I was like trying to reshape my head. I was like, yeah, let's do that. Take the brain and just like silly putty, just you know, put it in a different shape. I love this idea. Um, so you know, but I um I had some other guests on the show a, a couple of weeks ago, Dr. Amit Goswami and and his associate uh, Dr. Valentina, and they she basically said during any given day, 80% of our thoughts are negative, 80%. So there's that 20%. And then this neuroplasticity, this trying to get us um, to reframe the way we look at things or think about things or shift this negative bias. I love this, uh, what you just said about three minutes a day, because so many people come to me and they're like, Loretta I'm burned out I can't take it I I can't take one more thing don't give me one more thing right and you're basically saying wait a minute it doesn't have to take that long can you, I, I want you to tell us more about that and also this uh, neuroplasticity um you know I know I'm I'm throwing a lot out there but I know you can handle it cuz you you're an expert at this you know what you're talking about um so is it a consistency? Like if I do three minutes, I can't just do three minutes one day and boom, there I am. Or well, maybe I can. I don't know. <laughs> Talk more about this, please. Sure. Well,
1: I'm not. I'm not proposing that you have anything extra on your plate. I'm actually offering to take things off of your plate. I'm, you know, we can take some of those negative thoughts off of our plate. Thank you. And That's we can take beautiful. Judgments yes. Off of our plate. And we spend so much mindful energy judging. Yeah. Our minds are just constantly comparing things around us. And this is a form of judgment, which is a form of resistance. Because everything that we do that prevents us from being here in this moment is resistance. It's that the world does not apparently conform to the way we want it to be. And therefore, these thoughts are resistance. So I'm I'm offering that here's a way to take them off your plate. Here's a way to uncrowd your mind, uh, to, to get rid of some of those judgments, to get rid of lots of those negative thoughts. And yes, the way we learn is in small, little tiny bites, but done frequently. And let me tell you, if you don't know already about it, but the I in GAIN is for intention, and that means on purpose. And, and John Kabat-Zinn, who's one of my heroes and the, and the father of mindfulness, defined mindfulness as an awareness of the present moment on purpose, non-judgmentally. So let's go wow, yeah. to that on purpose. Yes, mm-hmm. we have to direct our thoughts. We have to be intentional. So there is a program at Duke University called Three Good Things. And what they have done is enrolled tens of thousands of people in studies online and simply asked them to commit to thinking of three good things before they go to sleep at night. So it's again a baby step. It doesn't take time. You can do it while you're turning down the bed sheets, whatever, closing the blinds. You think of three good things. You know, if you're a journaler, more power to you. I have trouble writing everything down, but if you can write down three good things, even better, but it's not, as far as I'm concerned, necessary. By thinking of three good things before we go to sleep at night, we actually sleep better and we become happier. And people that have done this practice for 15 days actually are happier for six months. So again, this is doing something on purpose that is without necessarily conceiving of it as so it is dropping the resistance to what is it's taking a lot of that negativity off your plate because normally before we go to sleep and we take stock of our day, what do we think of? We think of what didn't go well, you know, in the book, I tell the story, I'm working with a, a resident or fellow in the operating room and we have four difficult cases and, um, big operations in the chest, and, and, and my trainee puts in an epidural catheters and special endotracheal tubes and little catheters in the artery and uh, catheter in the heart through a vein in the neck, and does all these things flawlessly. Uh, on the second patient, she can't get the catheter in the artery in the wrist, so I step in and do it, but she does all these procedures, and all four patients wake up comfortable, uh, the breathing tubes are out. They they just have done very well under her management. She goes home and has dinner with her husband and puts her kids to bed. And as she's taking stock of her day, is she thinking about all those things she did well and we debriefed wow. and I told her how she did everything so well. No, she's thinking of the fact that she missed that little arterial catheter yeah. and that I had to step in and do it. The one thing out of dozens that didn't go as well as she would have liked. Again, no harm, no foul. The patient did fine. But that's how negative we, we are. Yeah. That's how negativistic our thoughts are. And so this three good things practice is, is a manifestation of intention. You have to be purposeful about doing it. And it's also a great example of baby steps, but done frequently. You know, it's, it's great to have a vacation for a week every several months and you know, by the middle of the week, we start to really unwind and we start to become more and more present and it's starting to really enjoy the moment when all those thoughts of the stress of every day at work and so on in our usual lives dissipate. Um, you know, and so by the end of the week, we're starting to feel relaxed and then we start to tense up a little bit at the end because we're going back to our daily life.
0: Yeah,
1: and within a couple of days, the the benefits seem to have dissipated. So what we really need is a daily practice and we can do this gain meditation in the morning and it's so simple and it's so intuitive and a lot of people feel that they can't meditate that they've tried and they failed and that's (laughs) (laughs) it could be because they've, they've been told that they have to sit in an uncomfortable position maybe they've been told that they have to uh put their right ankle behind their left ear while they're doing it, or they should banish all thoughts from their mind while they're sitting there for a half an hour without moving. Well, no, it's not like that at all. So I'm I'm offering you a three-minute practice. Uh, Sit in any position you want. Uh, You may not wanna lie down in case you might fall asleep, but sit in a comfortable chair, hopefully in a quiet place, close your eyes, and start the practice, and we can go into that. I feel like I've been talking nonstop though, so I'll, I'll take a break here.
0: No, I, I I love you talking nonstop. It's great. <laughs> you you're found of information. Everything you're saying is so good. Um, so baby steps. So and 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 little by little. I also, by the way, really really um, uphold you in what you're saying about we we need a daily practice. Um, I talk to people about this all the time too. We can't. We can't just go, 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 go. And then take two weeks off and then come back and go, 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 go. Um, It's like, you know, I'm kind of the, the, the proponent of fit in a breath, right? Like, you know, step back and take three breaths, you know, exhale. Uh, And like what you said too, I I love that quote you said about being awareness on purpose in the present moment, be, be here. Because our mind just grinds and grinds and grinds about all that stuff that happened and 25 years ago, blah, 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 and yesterday, blah, blah, blah. And you're, you're absolutely right. Most people, before they go to bed at night, are going, yeah, there was that thing. And then they wake up the next day, and they're more upset about it. So this three, um, uh, what did you call it? Three good things. Three good things. Thank you. <laughs> three good, good things.
1: Yeah. That people can actually... I, mm-hmm. I believe they can still join. They can, if you search for three good things and Duke University, uh, the guy who had been running it is named Brian Sexton, S E X T O N. So I think you can you certainly learn more about it. You can see some videos of Brian. He's a, he's a terrific guy, very engaging and uh, so very amusing. But there's lots of information out there on this.
0: So I want to go back, your GAIN, G-A-I-N, your acronym means gratitude, attitude, intention, and non-judgment. Um, and the gratitude, three
1: acceptance. Of, acceptance. Acceptance, yeah, yes. thank you.
0: Acceptance, oh, that's a, yeah, that's, yeah, acceptance, because there's the resistance, yes. right? yeah no 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 i don't want this no 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 and you also have a little uh a formula a little equation in your book suffering equals pain times resistance right and uh boy that is absolutely the truth so you've got this thing grinding grinding and then worry 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 right worry 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 um what's going to happen what's going to happen what's the next thing that's going to happen And this feeling of anxiety because who knows right So you covered so many things. I was just synopsing for the listeners who are probably taking notes anyway. I want to ask you, what is the difference between intention and goal?
1: I think that goals are kind of off in the distance. You know, this is what I aspire toward. Intentions are right now. Intentions are our thoughts, our actions. You know, what do we do on purpose what do we think about on purpose so for example I'll tell a story in the book about this as well there are lots of stories that can be yeah. told about the yeah. that highlight the difference between intention and goals uh, it's a saturday it's a beautiful day here uh, in the palo alto area and the sun is shining unlike probably what it was like that day in seattle I decide to take my bike off the wall and my my goal is to pedal to the top of the hills nearby and get to a, a road called Skyline from which I can see the Pacific Ocean mm-hmm. and so i my goal is to get up to the top and and gaze at the ocean and then and then ride home so my intention is to really be present on the bike ride um, to feel my muscles engaging and look at the beautiful scenery, and really be present as I'm pedaling. So I take my bike out, and I'm riding up toward the hills, and I'm focusing on the way my legs feel. I'm focusing on my breath. I'm focusing on being present and really enjoying every moment. That's my intention, and that's a continuous process. My goal is to get to the top and see the Pacific Ocean, but as I get toward the top of the hill, toward Skyline Boulevard, the fog is rolling in, and I can barely see a hundred feet ahead of me. And so, I get up there, and I can't see the ocean by any means. I can't even really see, yeah, any trees uh, toward the bottom of the hills. So I, I reflect on that, and I smile, and I'm happy because my intentions were fulfilled continuously, even though I didn't achieve my goal, which was to gaze out over the Pacific Ocean. So I pedal back happily, again, being present, feeling every rotation of the pedals, etc. So intentions are what we practice right now. We, we live on purpose and we guide our thoughts on purpose. and guide our deeds on purpose. Those are our intentions. Our goals may or may not ever come to be. And so I think we have to take them with a bit of a grain of salt, as it were, and uh, not be overly distracted by them because we can live our lives at arm's length. We can live our lives with our goal constantly in mind, but it just keeps moving further and further away from us as we make progress. You know, And yeah. that this is an issue with people who are in school for a long time, like physicians, for example, So their goal in high school is to get into a good college, and their goal in college is to get into medical school, and their goal in medical school is to get a good residency, and their goal in residency is to get a good fellowship, and their goal in fellowship is to get into a good practice. Uh, And their goal in practice, let's say they're in academics, is to get promoted from assistant to associate professor, and then their goal is to get promoted to full professor. And, And then their goal is to have a good retirement plan, but they're never really reaching their goals because their goals are always shifting. They're always at arm's length. And, and therefore that person may not ever really be present, but somebody who's living their life with intention is present.
0: Yeah. I love that. Um, I think that many, many people do that. And I'm thinking about all of the, the, well, I'm going to say the reality of that. Like if you're never present, you're you're not present, right? And this idea that, because a lot of people say this, what, when I get there, I will be happy, right? When I have that, I will be happy. Um, and uh, I'm kind of like you. I, I kind of feel like we never get there. Right. And, and maybe we don't need to. Uh, if in the moment, my intention is to... Uh, enjoy this radio show with you, which I am. It's like, I'm just, you know, we're just here doing this and irregardless of what happens, because the other th- side of that, like you said, that negative negativity bias is people are going to say, well, I didn't get there. And so then they erase all of the good that, or all of the, anything that happened because they did not re- uh, get that goal.
1: That's right. Yeah. You got it.
0: Yeah and in in my opinion that's a waste of our life (laughs) every breath right you know we are here and we get to choose we do get to choose i think there's a mastery in that i mean you know our emotions (laughs) or our feelings are going to be all over the place and i'm also thinking that when we're in burnout when we're stressed and it's funny i was talking to somebody about this yesterday i always pay attention to synchronicity When we're really, really tired, we don't have the energy or the focus to be as caring or to be as compassionate or to be grateful. Um, uh, They were sharing with me uh, an incident where they were trying to help somebody in their family and that person was a little overwhelmed, you know, uh, on Zoom calls and was like, what? right and they took it it hurt them it took it they didn't understand right and uh i was like it was just it's just this overwhelm it's this stress it's can we be here yeah yeah lovely great great stuff uh that you're bringing up and um uh, this is simple you know the shifting of this is i'm going to say deceptively simple because it's always tangly right? When we work with the mind or the feelings. Well, that's why we have
1: to just take baby steps, focus yeah. on our intention, focus on what is right now. And, and the practice is very simple. You know, we sit, we get in touch with our breath, we slow it down, we inhale, noticing the breath coming in through our nose and to a count of three, we slowly inhale and then we pause maybe to a count of three. And then we Without effort, let the breath go to a count of four. And we do that a few times as we sit with our eyes closed. And then we focus on our gratitude. And there's so many things for which to be grateful. I was diagnosed with a malignancy of the blood about 10 years ago. I didn't think I would be alive today. And now I take a pill every day, uh, immunotherapy pill, and I'm fine. There's no evidence of leukemia in my body. So that's easy to be grateful for that. It's a miracle. And then... We contemplate our gratitude, but then we go to acceptance because pain is part of life. And so we we actually sit and we visualize opening our hearts and, and identify something painful and bring it close and merge with it, bring it closer and closer till it's part of us, till it's in our heart. And we totally drop all resistance to that. And that therefore, as you said, suffering equals pain times resistance. If we, if we lower our resistance towards zero, then the suffering goes away pain may still be there. And then we move to our intention. We can think of three good things. We can remind ourselves that we can rewire our brain to be present, to be positive, and we dwell in this. And then we go to non-judgment, and we simply, what I do is I visualize the Earth as seen from space. We have all these beautiful pictures from NASA. And the, and the world is just sort of suspended there, and it, it's neither good nor bad. It's, it's clearly just what it is. Um, and we don't have to assign a label to it, just as we don't have to assign a label to other things that we notice, and we don't have to label ourselves. So I I think of the, the earth as neither good nor bad, and then I bring the attention to myself, and I am neither good nor bad. I am just that which I am, and we breathe this in, and then we go back to focus on the breath for a couple of breaths, and then we just slowly open our eyes, and we're ready to go out into the day. And we can bring these practices with us. When you do this for a while, you can just bring back those, those, those experiences of gratitude, acceptance, intention, non-judgment, just while you're walking down the hall or you're going to your car or what have you, Uh, just focus on the breath and these ideas come back. This experience comes back to you after a while. And so, it's, it's a three-minute practice in the morning, but it, it can be and will be uh, revisited multiple times during the day. And after doing this for several months, we can look back and think, we have really come a long way. I'm so much yes. more relaxed. I can access these thoughts and experiences so much easier than I could before. And, and, and we're starting to notice that we're going the other way on the, on the stress curve away from burnout, away from experiencing chronic stress, toward better sleep, nutrition, and exercise, toward yes. a more enlightened way of being. And, and it's not not that difficult. It just takes intention.
0: Um, while you're talking, you know, because I love this meditation, and uh, for, for myself and I know for you, you, you work a lot with children and you're a professor and you, you quite often have you know i have to go from room to room or whatever it is you do you know setting to setting and uh i do that too and i'm going to say this for everybody out there listening that is you know a healthcare professional or you're going from zoom meeting to zoom meeting or whatever it is you're doing that in between my clients i have always had a practice of just exhale let let the that person go center be present And the next person comes and I honestly don't know any other way to do it it's like I I just want to be there it's like okay here we go here's the next thing, what are we doing now right. And to me that little gain meditation is quickly weaving itself into the fabric of myself, where I am i'm like okay let's go back to gratitude, what a great way to shift my entire reality yeah and acceptance what it is is also um um intention what is my intention you know if it's to be there then it's to be there right and this judgment thing the non-judgment I am so with you we are so critical and so judgmental and it's like huh yeah we are neither good nor bad we are here we are here so
1: and you know we we have this negativity bias. We judge ourselves so negatively. Yes. We're our own harshest critics.
0: Yeah. I think for many of
1: us, that's the hardest uh, hardest thing is letting go of judgments of ourselves. But we can make progress in baby steps.
0: Yes, we can. And I also like what you said. For everybody listening, you know, really take it on and then notice that down the road a little ways. You're like, wow, I've really changed. Something is different. I'm happier, right? The Happiness Handbook. Um, we're down to about one minute or so. Um, what you, you probably already covered this, but where can people find you? Where can they find your book? And any last words for those people listening?
1: People can uh, check out my website which is greghammermd.com all lowercase g-r-e-g-h-a-m-m-e-r-m-d.com and that book that you're holding up is on amazon so if you go to amazon and just put pain without pain hammer in the search window they'll find the book and hopefully there'll be uh the next one out soon by the way (laughs) i like
0: your new look
1: it's a COVID thing you know it's just uh, (laughs) that Put that shaver on uh, four millimeters and just do it yourself.
0: I'm going to let you know I'm not doing that. So
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think you look better with your hair a little longer.
0: Thank you. Thank you. You know, and if people do that, good for good on you. So uh, anyway, I am just delighted to have you on the show today. You shared so many good things. People, I just highly recommend Gain Without Pain and the Gain Meditation and um, three good things every night. It's so simple. So blessings to you, Dr. Greg Hammer, MD. Thank you so much. And uh,
1: thank you, Loretta. Anytime, it's been a pleasure.